First reading is taken from Hebrews 2, verse 14 to verse 18. The first line echoes what we've just sung about. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 23. Matthew chapter 2, and it's found on page 966 of the Church Bibles. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Happy Christmas. Thank you very much. I said that at the beginning of the last service and no one responded. <clears throat> I say it for three reasons. <clears throat> one, because I might have forgotten to say Happy Christmas to you before Christmas. I do apologize. The second thing is that I hope today will be as happy as you wished Christmas Day to be. And the third is, I am well prepared so that at the end of 2020, if I forget to say Happy Christmas to you, I shall have done it already. Is that okay? Did you have a happy Christmas? wasn't happy for everyone, you know. My own sister, as I've said before, lost her eldest child at the age of about 56 at the beginning of this year. For my sister Rachel, it was very difficult to have a happy Christmas. And there are endless people who have sorrow and sadness. So if you had a happy Christmas, and I trust you did, then thank God for it. And remember for those for whom this might have been a very difficult Christmas, so that when you say Happy New Year, it carries meaning. Did Mary and Joseph have a happy Christmas? Somebody said yes. There's been a number of songs which um, have been sung over Christmas this year. Mary, did you know? Have you heard that one? I love that carol. Love it. Did you know that when you kissed your little baby boy, you kissed the face of God? There's another song that puts Mary there as well. Did you see the thorn in the straw? Such sorrow and such joy. And I want to tell you this morning for the last sermon you will probably hear this year, that God has a perfect plan for your life on into the future, and it will have sorrow, and it will have joy. But the wonderful thing is that he who plans all this in advance loves you. Here we are at the end of the year. Many of us will have plans for the year of the head. There's possibly some young mothers here who will have a baby this year. 
There might be some men and women who are changing careers. It is not stupid to say that this congregation will never, ever meet again. All right? This congregation will never meet again because there'll be some people who will be missing and others who are freshly coming in, day by day, Sunday by Sunday, week by week. We didn't know this time last year that Michael, our vicar, was going to leave us. And God willing, before whoever stands here on the last Sunday of 2020, there will be a new incumbent here, a new man of God or a woman of God who is going to lead us in the direction God wants us to go. There was a dad. And uh, he was lying in bed with his wife possibly cuddled up close beside him. And there little child, now possibly two years old, was lying there in a cot in the house. And this guy fast asleep, piling out the zeds, and suddenly he has a dream which is absolutely electric. It wasn't the only dream he'd had. He was the sort of man who had a lot of dreams. Hands up any of you who do dream a lot. I'll ask one of you in a moment to stand up and tell us one of your... Oh, the hands have gone down. Don't worry. I dream a lot, but I have trouble in the morning. I don't know whether it's because I'm an old man, but I can't remember in the morning what I dreamed about during the night, and yet in the night, it was really exciting. <laughs> Well, this man could never, ever forget till the day he died this particular dream because an angel stood there in his dream and said, get up, take the young child and his mother and go away into Egypt because there's people going to try and kill your son. Not one of us will ever have a dream like that. Wow. What would you do if you were a man, man? And I'm not looking at the women now. Men folk, what would you do tomorrow morning if you'd woken up and had that dream? Well, you'd have been too late on Joseph's standards because having that dream, he got up that very night and took the child and his mother and they went into Egypt. Thank God! for the visit of the wise men, because they brought him money and provisions that other stuff he could sell, and that was enabling him to go down to Egypt a whole day's travel, day after day after day, for about three weeks. And they probably went and joined then, as the, one of the Roman historians tells us, there were about a million Jews living in Egypt at that time. So Joseph and might have taken Mary and Jesus to amongst Jewish people community 150-odd miles away. But the thing I love about it is he got up 
immediately. He didn't wait till tomorrow morning to ring the taxi to take him to the station for two reasons. One, there were no taxis and there were no trains. But he got up. We don't know how. We're not told anything about that journey. But he got up and took the little baby and his mother, and they went into Egypt that very night. What obedience, incredulity, terror. And I love the Bible's simplicity. Had a dream, a command from God. Obedience. Is my knowledge of God and those of you parents of young children this morning, is your knowledge and communication with God that which is going to bring your children closer to Him? If you want to think about what your little child is going to be like in 5, 10, 15, 20 years' time, then look at yourself. Because he and or she is going to be remarkably like you. Apparently, they tell us that if a mother listens to loads of good quality music, the child will grow up wanting that sort of music. If a mother smokes, the child will learn to smoke. How does your life today as parents, grandparents, affect your child? Very unlikely that God will call any of us to do the sort of thing that Joseph did, get up in the middle of the night. But are you listening for God to speak to you young or old, politically, we're in a mess. Do you think Boris Johnson can get us peace? How we need to pray for our leaders. How we need to pray for our Queen. How many heard the Queen's message on Christmas Day? A good number of it. If you haven't heard it, get onto the internet and listen to it. I'll never forget, I think it was 12 or 13 years ago, maybe a little longer, when in her Christmas speech, the Queen said to all those millions who would have been listening, I hold my sovereignty under the authority of the sovereign God of heaven. I am a Christian. And she's continued to, to speak in that sort of language every single Christmas. I wrote to her that year, dear mom, etc., etc., etc. And I thanked her for her Christian leadership. I got a letter back in February. Yes, it was from one of the ladies in waiting at Sandringham, as it happened. But she referred that lady in waiting to the words I had used in my letter to the Queen. Whether Elizabeth ever saw it or not, I don't know. 
But in December 1939, when this country was into the Second World War already, and terrible things were already happening, and the world was frightened from one end of the world to the other. Her nation was gripped in the clutches of fear. There was uncertainty, rather similar to the uncertainty there is today, regardless of which political party is leading us. The world is in a mess. The king, King George VI, I was only one year old, but I remember my parents referring to this Christmas speech for several years, so that when I grew up at the ages of four, five, and six, it was sort of frequently mentioned in our home. And King George VI wanted to rally his nation in the right direction of meaningful peace of heart. And he's quoted a poem written by a Minnie Louise Haskins. It was this. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better to you than light and safer than a known way. Parents, grandparents, uncles and aunts, pray with your children and those you're responsible for that the God of peace may reign in this world because we're making a mess of it. Put your hand into the hand of God. 700 years before our Savior was born, one of the prophets wrote these words under the command of God. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. For I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I trust that no one sitting here this morning, young or old, is frightened about the future. Some of you may have reason to fear the future. My niece died, as I said earlier on, and his two children, plus my niece's husband, don't have Nikki there to guide them. Without being over-melodramatic, there are people in our hospitals and hospices who won't come out alive. It is wrong to live in fear, but none of us knows what the year ahead is going to bring.
In a few moments, we're going to sing a very precious hymn. I'm going to ask James to put the words up on the screen. The first verse, it's right, James, leave it there. The first verse says, Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands. Think about that. Your name, graven on the Savior's hands. My name is written in his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue could bid me thence depart. And this is the verse, when Satan tempts me to despair. I'm sorry, some of you are going to have a difficult time ahead. There will be great times of joy and rejoicing. But Satan is going to make quite sure that we have times of misery and despair and reason to turn away from trusting our Heavenly Father. And on this last sermon of this year, God willing, I want you to know that when Satan tempts you to despair or give up, tells you of guilt within your heart and life. Upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. I want you to say after me these words which are not on the screen. Isaiah 41 Verse 13 to 14. Now I'll say them, the ones that I read out just now. And now the actual words that make up those two verses. Please go home and carry these verses into the new year. Isaiah 41, 13 and 14. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. None of us knows what 2020 is going to hold. We may think we may have plans, that's good. I know who holds the future. And so do you if you have faith and trust in the living God. He says, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah Father God in heaven, I pray that people here this morning will forget what I've said, but remember those verses. 
that their confidence, every single family represented here this morning, and if troubles and difficulties are coming within your permissive will, grant them to live in the joy of these verses. Please, dear Lord, amen. Let's see the full words of that hymn, and we'll stand to sing before the throne of God above. It's a lovely hymn of confidence in him. <laughs>